Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. Rocket Mortgage, they're with you every step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. You want to see your loan options, adjust payments, and closing costs online in real time, folks? Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. Coming up in 40 minutes, the exceptional Mike Sando, NFL senior writer from The Athletic. He has his tiers of quarterbacks, a tier one, a tier two, a tier three, a tier four. And I'll get to my own tiers coming up here momentarily in 20 minutes this could be one of the segments that we keep or this thing could be never talked of again it is work or shoot as the great ryan hickey joins us on the show hello hick ken what's up stud well nothing much i got good news i got bad news which one you want to hear first oh give me give me the bad news first then hopefully the good news can make up for it you want the bad news first yes please all right i'll give you the bad news first bad news is Pete Thamel, 45 minutes ago, source. Big Ten presidents are meeting today. All options are on the table. There's some presidential momentum for canceling the fall football season. It's unknown if there's enough support to make that decision today. That's bad news. Oh, Ken. I thought you were going to say something you had to dump. That's bad news. Now, there's a couple of different theories I have I'm going to share here in a minute, okay? You want the good news? I hope the good news can outweigh the bad news. Phil Steele says your Penn State Nittany Lions are the real deal. Hit the hit the sound. Hit the th- I almost said hit the music. Hit the clip. Go. I'm going with Penn State, and this is one of those where it goes back to the conversation I've been having with the coach. The all seven years that Coach Franklin's been there, go back to his first year. They were coming off probation. They had walk-ons in the two deep. It was a, a misfit unit. Now this year, they go three deep at every position. Can I'm not talking three deep in names. I'm talking highly touted guys that, hey, if this guy starts, no big deal. So they are a deep squad. They go six deep at running back. They've got a veteran quarterback in Sean Clifford, one of the best offensive lines in the country, one of the best defensive lines in the country. Now they did lose Micah Parsons, their outstanding linebacker, but that's one unit they were very deep in. They went three deep. We're going to test that depth this year. I think Penn State's the second-best team in the Big Ten. So if they get the play, Hick, they're the second-best team in the Big Ten, according to the great Phil Steele, who was joining us just about an hour ago. You can hear that at CBSSportsRadio.com. Hick, you got to be happy about that. Uh, I mean, 
if they get to play. That I mean, that's the thing. It's like I almost wish they just were bad this year. Like, uh, well, yeah, I, I know, I, but like, like it's like if you're an Ohio State fan and you're so close last year and you see, okay, Justin Fields is back, the team is back, and then to see it wiped out has to just be. I feel like even a, a bigger gut punch. That if your team is going to be okay, well, you know, be will be eight and four, will be maybe nine and three, but you know, no real title contender. I just feel like it's. To have a window that's already narrowed as it is in college football, to then just have that just taken away from you is just, I'll be honest, my, my mood has little, I was fired up, you hear talking about college football, and now, yeah, it's, I'll be honest, Ken, I am I am a low right now, I'm very uh, low. Okay, alright, I'm going to tell you here something here in a second, because this is going to get pretty pretty nuts here, 855-2124-CBS. Now, I've talked to some coaches, uh, i talked to more college football coaches than I put on, I've talked to some coaches who... In the back, they want to compete. Their first thought is competition. In the back of their mind, there are some going, yeah, you know, for everybody's jobs, maybe it might be okay if we didn't have a fall season. Now, first and foremost, if you don't have a season, you might not be getting money. But in terms of just what you can put out there in terms of a good football team and a competitive football team, that's a different story. There are coaches I've talked to who are terrified of this season being canceled because they think they have some great football teams, and they think they can do some. They think they they can do some damage. There's one coach in the Big Ten. They're in. I've talked to him. Uh, he is as worried as anybody. He thinks that they got a team that they can surprise some people with. Really surprise some people with. There's a coach in the Big Twelve. He thinks he's got a team that can really surprise some people. I've talked to a coach in, a co- in one Pac-12 school who says, yeah, you know what, maybe we need another year to get things going. Those are three guys. Two head coaches, one assistant. Those are the guys I talk to, that's where it is. The other ones are mid-major schools, and unfortunately, knowing a couple of MAC coaches, they're not going to be able to play football this fall according to what they just announced. So they're hoping that they can play in the spring. What type of season that would give, I'm not sure. If there's a market for it and they can pull it off, and there will be a market for it, if they can pull it off, it, it might be able to offset some of the costs. Now, you are going to have to, as we talk this thing out, I might not be able to get to these these tiers here in a second here. Hickey, I'll tell you that right now. 855-2124-CBS. When you think about this and just spitballing this situation, it's going to be hard to ask players to play multiple games in one year, in a calendar year. If you're talking about an entire season in the spring, it just can't happen. We, we have to be able to, to, to cut if we're going to play a spring schedule. If you want to, it can happen. There will be a hunger for college football. It will absolutely be positively able to come true. Now, there will be guys who, who opt out because they want to go to the NFL. Well within their rights to do so. More on that coming up here momentarily as I start to spitball this right off the top of my head. You can play a spring schedule. If I'm thinking of it right now, I think four to six games. It replaces your spring practice schedule. No spring practice. You're playing games. If you want to play games, you're playing games. There's no spring practice. You have to keep your team in shape. You have to follow protocols all throughout the fall. There's no downtime. There's no downtime. Because you can't ask young men to go out there with an abbreviated schedule to get ready for that season and even go out and play four games or six games or regardless. So you have to take your schedules, which are usually 12 games, you need to at least chop that in half. After that, they're going to want to play a bowl game. I don't know if you can play bowl games. Again, you're stretching your season. You have to remain cognizant, and this is where it's different because, remember, 
the Power Five schools and the other five, college football, it's a different championship than what the NCAA is. So if they really want to do it, and Dennis Dodd has written ex- extensively on this, I encourage you, it's not just a CBS plug. Dennis is one of the very, very best, and he knows I love him, and he knows I respect him. He's one of the best out there. He's written extensively on this, CBSSports.com. Just off the top of my head, the NCAA does not run college football's playoff system. They don't really run their bowl system. They don't really run anything. They do run the NCAA championships for basketball. Now, it might be not in the best interest to run college football at the same time you're playing your your basketball tournament because this is under an assumption here, and I'm not going to take end-of-days calls. We're not doing that. This is under the assumption of a vaccine this fall, that that things are starting to to become a little bit more clearer during the winter and during the spring. That's what we're hoping for. It's a hope. It's not a it's not a guarantee. So what you would do, and this is again from the top of my head, four to six games. I don't know about bowl games because then you're asking for a little bit too much, but they're going to want to play them. I think you play one national championship game. You vote. We do it old style, the way things used to be. No other bowl games. If you want to move that money, you push that money over to next year. I know that there's a ton that you would lose, and the make goods would be ridiculous. And and, and the thought is, also off the top of my head, is that you're going to lose some sponsors of bowl games. You're going to lose some bowl games. You're going to lose some opportunities. Because the first thing that a college football fan will say, great, we don't need 40 bowl games. You say you don't need 40 bowl games, you watch the bowl games. If you didn't watch them, they wouldn't have them. You watch the bowl games. You say you don't, you do. I watch the bowl games. I watch them. I watch. Oh, I, I, I have a streak. I had a streak going up until this last year. Every year, I got at least a little bit, almost a quarter of every single bowl game. The big ones, I'd watch the whole thing. But uh, when it was the Compass Media Bowl, when it was the Champ Sports Bowl, the whole thing, I, I got to see at least a little bit of the bowl games. Just give me a little bit. The Sun Bowl, a time honored tradition on CBS. Give me the whole deal. You watch them. You do. I don't know if this is a year you can have bowl games. I mean, hell, we're talking about canceling football seasons all in general, so we got to talk about what we can save. If we're going into the spring, you're asking for bowl games. I don't know if that's going to be feasible. So you take six games. See if you can have a schedule. Let the MAC play the MAC. Let Conference USA play Conference USA. Let the SEC play the SEC. Play, let Big Ten, so on and so forth. And then we vote. And if it comes down to two SEC teams playing each other for the national championship game, damn it, so be it. We will have a blast. You may say it's unfair. You know you'll have a blast. It's one of the blessings of college football. It's why I don't want to expand college football playoffs. Because it's so much more fun to argue this. The other thought of it, and I think you've probably thought of it as well, not from just an exclusivity of, Two teams voted in, one national championship game, no other bowls. The other thought of it is possibly an expansion. You play four, five, six, somewhere in that neighborhood, regular season games. After that, we expand the playoffs. We have an eight-team playoff. And then you go from there. If you start your season 
February is a cold, cold month in the north. People do not give February the credit it's due for how cold it is. I live in northeast Ohio. People talk about January. If February were a person, I'd want to stab it in an alley. That's how cold it is. So it's going to be tough in some places to go out and play college football in February. Most schools do have an indoor facility. Most do have an indoor facility. And I would still use the old Rube Baker from Major League Two, which I know everybody hates that movie, but I love it. It's better to eat bleep than not eat at all. So if I can get six games, maybe four to six, you want to expand the playoffs, you want to put eight teams in there, this is under the guise or under the – guise is a bad word. This is under the hope that things are a little bit better come February, March, April. And then in that April year, stagger it if you want to. Be good with the NCAA. I know you guys aren't seeing each, seeing things eye to eye right now. And there's people in the Power Five and ESPN and college fo- and the College Football Playoff Committee who are talking about a total split from the NCAA now. But be nice. Schedule the games outside of the uh, outside of the basketball tournament, and then play it that way. And if you got to play without Trevor Lawrence and without Justin Fields, you're already playing without Micah Parsons. You got to play without a handful of players, and so be that. It's the the way she goes. Because if you're ending your college football season in April, you got an NFL draft in April. It's not going to balance out. So if I play a six week schedule that starts mid February, I go through March. Weather's opening up. It's easier to do that because you're playing those sports, but you are asking a lot. You're asking a lot of your infrastructure, and some of these places already intend on doing this, so it, it is a thought already. Remember, you're going to be playing three major college sports for men's sports. You'll be playing three major college sports all at one time. Baseball starts up in February, college baseball. Basketball is heating up. College basketball is heating up. Men's basketball, women's basketball as well. And if you're going to try to play a college football season – Boy, your athletic director and the people that are making the travel schedules and the people who are there, they are going to be very, very busy in the early part of 2021. It's feasible. Realistic? I don't know yet. I don't know. People in the South are worried. They think after Labor Day there could be another rise in cases. We don't know yet. It's easy to make the plans. We just don't know if we're going to be able to follow through with them yet. But it's okay to make the plans, and if the if the Mid-American Conference, which I come from a Mid-American Conference school, if a Mid-American Conference wants to play a spring spe- spring schedule, I encourage it. God bless them. I hope they're able to do it. I try to look at things on the bright side. I'll have some positivity. I'm a University of Akron alum. I'm going to say they're undefeated in 2020. That's the way I'm going to go with it. My Akron Zips are undefeated in 2020. Hell, I might claim an I might claim claim a Mid-American Conference championship again. Why the hell not? You can't tell me they wouldn't have won. There's no games to prove it. 855-2124-CBS. Any fan can do it. They can have fun. I, I, I try to make the best of a bad situation. This is a bad situation. What Pete Thamel is reporting this morning is scary. That's, that's scary stuff. I'd love to have a six-game schedule. I'd love to have a four-game schedule. Again, it's better to eat something than not eat at all. At first, I thought, I really think they could do just a vote and then a national college football championship, but if you wanted to expand it to eight games or eight teams, here's your chance. I think anything over that, you're looking at a lot of different logistical issues that I don't know if you really want to deal with. You're not going to make a lot of money. 
you're going to lose a lot of money. You're going to probably have to take more furloughs, more pay cuts for the coaches. And there's another thought to this, and this is an ugly part of this, is that some people are looking at this and going, well, I hope that these college these college presidents, and this is very cynical of me, I'm hoping that these college presidents, I, I'm seeing a lot of the reactions, they're thinking about the players and not their television ratings. I hope they're thinking about their players and not their TV ratings. Folks, we can't act like we're naive and not see what happened with Pac-12 players last week, Big Ten players over the week, ACC players are thinking about organizing, Big 12 players are thinking about organizing. We can't act naive to this and think that this might not be an answer to that. That some of these college presidents, and I don't think I'm out of order with with wondering this, it is a total wonder. I hope it's not true, but it's a total wonder, and I have to I have to think about this, speculate, that some of these presidents, they're looking at this going, oh, yeah, you guys want to organize? Okay. Okay. You guys have a list of demands? All right. Sure. We'll be able to meet some of your demands. The Pac-12's met a couple of those demands. You guys want to make demands? Okay. Good luck playing a football season this year. By the way, why do you go to college again? Just want to make sure our our school's hemorrhaging money over here, and you got a list of demands of the of the education that we're paying for. It's a very nasty thing to say, but you can't think that there's not some university presidents thinking that way. It's a very scary time. Eight five five two one two four CBS Hickey table the elite franchise journeyman and the quarterbacks who are in danger for twenty twenty. We'll do that at one p.m. Eastern. We'll try to get to your calls, what you may think of this college football season, and Work or shoot. Mike Sando at 1240 p.m. Eastern, 940 a.m. Pacific. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. I should do the whole show like that. Wait a minute. Welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. We'll forego work or shoot probably till next week. Mike Sando going to join us in about 20 minutes. 855-2124-227. I want to get to these calls here soon. I, I just I'm I'm thinking off the top, and I don't want to put it on social media because I'll probably get killed for it. The more I'm thinking about it, though, Hickey, the more I'm thinking, and and I just want to throw this against your wall here for a second. The more I'm thinking again, Pat Forty saying that he's talked to people, uh, in, industry insiders, they say that this could be for all the major college football conferences that they could try to just move to spring and and and, and shut down college sports for the fall. I think that this. The more I think about it, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if this is more towards not COVID, but more towards the players with their lift, listed demands. I think you're right. I mean, look at the landscape of the, of the coronavirus. Nothing has changed in the last 24 hours, the last week, that all of a sudden put the college football season in peril more than it did just a week ago. So now all of a sudden, I mean, as training anything, camps start, yeah. now ahead, like all of a sudden we're like, oh, wow, maybe we shouldn't be playing. And if that's the case, that scares me for the future because then I'm thinking, well, you're just going to have the stalemate again in the spring. You'll have the stalemate again in the spring. And I wasn't going to do this until one. Like, I saw I saw what the Pac-12 list of demands were last week. And there's some of this stuff that, that is absolutely purely reasonable. I thought that some of the talk was a little bit too tough or a little bit too dramatic. Where we have the one leader who says, we're not your entertainment, we're human beings. No, you can be both. The reason that you're on that roster, the reason that you play at that level, and the reason that your education is paid for is because you are my entertainment. There's no doubt about it. You can be both. 
You can absolutely be both. But I'm a form of entertainment. If I start telling you guys about all my problems that I may have with a boss or I may have with a coworker or anything like that, it's up to you to give a damn or not give a damn what my problems are. It's the same thing with our favorite players. If I'm a great big Michigan fan and I think that Quiddy Pay is a hell of a guy, I may take personal interest in Quiddy Pay's life and hope that Quiddy Pay is great. But for the most part, guys who wear Michigan jerseys, who run out there in the field, they are a conduit to my enjoyment. I pay money, they get free education, that's the way the system has worked for well over 100 years. If you want to change that scenario, and you can change it and make it work, please be my guest. Go right on ahead and do it. More than enough if you want to do that. Go right on ahead and do it. But I think we're getting a little bit overzealous when we talk about the, the entertainment human being thing. There are plenty of people who work in entertainment. Professional athletes work in entertainment. College athletes, or who are hoping to be professional athletes, are really apprenticing in the form of entertainment. It can be both. If I'm a big professional sports fan, if I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I love T.J. Watt, I can take interest in T.J. Watt and care about T.J. Watt and buy merchandise that he may sell on his personal website, buy his jersey that is sold by the NFL, follow him on social media, send him messages, get his autograph, try to meet him in a meet and greet, get his, get his autograph, get a picture with him, and, and let my kids meet if I'm a big fan of T.J. Watt. But most guys who wear Pittsburgh Steelers jerseys, if you're a big Steelers fan, there are people who wear a jersey that are a conduit for your entertainment, a conduit for your enjoyment. That should be okay. That really should be. In fact, it's even more beneficial to you when you think about this where the people in your city, I'm just using the Pittsburgh Steelers as an example, the people in your city, because you wear a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey or a Penn's jersey or a Pirates jersey, they'll more than willing give you the benefit of the doubt in any sort of situation. They're more likely to like you because you wear that jersey. It, it is a form of entertainment, and it's okay to be a form of entertainment. It is not okay, and I've heard the horror stories, and the great Garrett Bush, who's an exceptional host and an exceptional person, has told me the horror stories of even in Mid-American Conference football which decided to bow out for the fall. And I'm going to get to these calls here in a moment, I promise. But even in the Mid-American Conference, hey, we pay for your school. We're going to pick your major. Oh, you say you want to be a business major. Yeah, you barely got a 2-0 in college. This is your major until you prove otherwise. That's a scary scenario. The system is not perfect. The system is, I don't know if the system really works. I tend to think it doesn't. If your payoff is free education, quote-unquote, free education and your general studies or you are somebody who's been put in a let's call it what it is an easy major to keep you eligible to play football part of my reasoning is why can't that guy just go and play football if he has no interest in school what the hell are we doing if I were in high school and I wanted to go out and I wanted to be a plumber there's a great jobs that are available to go be a plumber there are great jobs that make a lot of money to go be a plumber why do I have to go attend anyone at XYZ University to go be a plumber. Why can't I go apprentice, make money, not have to learn more about geometry and all the other arithmetic that I'll never have to use, all the other science that I may never have to use or will because I might be a pipe fitter, I might be a plumber. Why don't I just use my skills and not put myself elbow deep in debt over that type of theory? 
Why do I have to go if you're a college football player and my whole thing is your college football is paid for, your college experience, your education is paid for? Okay, but if I'm going through a bunch of stuff that I don't want to deal with, who's really benefiting from this? You might be paying for it, but at the same time, I'm not getting anything back from it. I play for the school, I might have an alumni base, but if I can't really keep myself eligible and then you push me through the cracks anyway, what are we really all doing here? I went through this watching Last Chance You, I swear to God. I, I'm watching these kids, and I'm, I'm begging. It's, it's, it's compelling television. And I'm watching Last Chance You over the last few seasons. And I'm begging, I'm begging Ronald Ollie, get in class, go to class, please. Why? Guy's the size of a house. Why does he need to go to college? If I wanted to be a carpenter, I didn't need to go to college. If I want to be a doctor, there's some school in there. There's other ways to go be a professional and make a very fine living for yourself. And that even comes from this construct of of guys who want to play professional football. And the more I think about this, the more I think this is less a, a result of COVID, this is less a response to COVID, and more they don't like that the players are uprising again. They don't like that players are talking about this again, like was reported that happened in 1992. We've been talking about this for a long time. Let me get to Joe in Oregon real quick. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Hey, Ken, how are you? Doing well, Joe. you got to go quick, buddy, but go right on ahead. Um, I like the idea of spring football, and it's not so much for the big programs like uh, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State. It's more for the little programs, like uh, in the Power Five at least, for like uh, Oregon State or something like that. Because if you got a spring football game, you can parlay that into using your ticket for football into going to a baseball game, something that I, I think of sports sometimes from my – background doing uh, sports administration where how can we continue to get max capacity in a game setting and that's mm-hmm. something for a revenue thing that you can possibly do is to work ticket deals or half off your baseball ticket by attending the football game that way the universities are generating some money mm-hmm. but in regards to the mat canceling the season it's a little heartbreaking because i'm going to miss my weeknight maction on espn and i was also hoping that army would uh go into the MAC just for the season, the way Notre Dame went into the ACC for this season. Boy, with the way Army's been going, with the way Munkin's been working them over the last couple of years, gosh, I think Army would clean their clocks. I used to see competitive games between Akron and Army back in the day. And, Joe, thank you very much for the call. I think Army would probably – it probably do some damage to a lot of teams in the MAC, and 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 for Maction, and so many people like to watch those games. Joe, I don't know if I'm not going to accuse Joe of it. So many people like to bet on those games, which is fine. You do what you do. I would look at this more. I think they're going to try to do their very best to play in the spring. I think a lot of these teams will try to do their best to play in the spring. It's not as much as goodbye as it is. Hopefully, see you later. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Up next, we'll break from this. We'll come back with it at one o'clock Eastern. We'll take all your calls during it as well. Up next, Mike Sando comes up with a great list: the four tiers of, of NFL quarterbacks. We talk with him about that listing. That's coming up at twelve forty. This is the Ken Carmen Show. God, I hope P.J. Fleck can have a season this year. Please let him be able to have a season. 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. I'll break down why 
I'm really thinking this isn't as much about COVID as is about something else when it comes to these university presidents. Folks, I'm not trying to go conspiracy theory on you, but the more you think about it, something stinks in that punch bowl. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. It's sponsored by GEICO. Did you know that right now GEICO's offers, offering an extra 15% credit on car motorcycle, and RV policies. That's on top of what GEICO could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Visit GEICO.com to learn more. I revolutionize the fast food industry in the 1 1 p.m. hour. That's a promise to you, and we will try to do our tiers of quarterbacks, even though I like to name the tiers. This guy, he has his tiers every year, tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, and it always makes us think. Mike Sando, the author of that, NFL senior writer at The Athletic. He joins us right now on the hotline to talk about that list. You can follow this man on Twitter at SandoNFL. Mike, thanks for joining us today, my friend. Hey, good to be here. Uh, first off, how do you, so how do you compile – how do you compile the tiers? Take us through how you compile the tiers first before we talk about these quarterbacks. Yeah, so I've been doing this seven years. Last couple at the Athletic, I was at ESPN before that, and it really was me asking people in the game, coaches, GMs, uh, you know, execs, uh, hey, wh- what do you look for in quarterbacks? How do we differentiate them? And basically, you know, a tier, tier one's the best, tier four is pract- for practical purposes the worst. And, and the closer you are to tier one, the less help you need from your running game, your defense, everything that's around you. And ideally to be in that top tier, um, you've got to be able to handle what we call pure pass situations. And that means Tom Brady's down 28-3 in the Super Bowl. There's no play-action game. There's no uh, amazing scrambling ability. He's got to throw to win the game. And Patrick Mahomes is a great example, right? He's down two scores against one of the top defenses in the league in the Super Bowl, and uh, they know where he's going to be on every play and what he's going to have to do, and he's able to do it. It's amazing. When you talk to these guys, and there's so much that they that they consider. You say you, you speak to these guys, and there's so much that they have to consider. Some of these guys, you know, they're general managers, or they might be executives, whoever you talk to, and – they fall in love with certain players. How much of their heart is in it when they really make these decisions? Uh, well, not on when they're doing filling out the tiers. I don't think the heart is in it much at all. Um, everybody realizes truthfully what they really have and what they really want. Um, the hard part of the quarterback game is uh, projecting out of college and who's going to do what in the NFL. I think once you're there and you've played, um, it becomes clear to people. <laughs> Oh, we have this. We really want that. Uh, now, Mahomes number one on the list, without a doubt, hundred percent, without a doubt. Dwayne Haskins at the bottom of the list. Is there any thought that that Ron Rivera could get this thing turned around in the right direction with this young man? Yeah, yeah, there is. So basically, uh, the the fourth tier is reserved for either somebody who you don't think is any good. He's played a ton and you wouldn't want him to be your starter the whole year. So with all due respect to like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, some people give him a four, right? We know what he is. He's probably not going to project as a long-term starter, but a four is also Dwayne Haskins, which is, you know what? I haven't seen enough of them to, to uh, really give him much of a grade. And from what I did see, I wasn't so excited that I'm going to immediately move him up. So I think it's wait and see with Haskins. He's not loved, uh, but I think it's too early to, you know, say for sure what he's going to be. I just put him in the survey in case people, you know, did love him off of what they saw, and I wouldn't say they do, but too early to, to write him off. 
How how much does environment play into this? Because when when it's written about Haskins, there's one thing that you know it says bleep. He he beat out the number one draft pick in college. Quote: I like him a lot, but you can't base it on six or seven games with one of the most bleeped up situations you could ever be in. How much do they consider the environment? Well, I think they do a lot. So, uh, for example, like Matt Stafford's played eleven years and never won a playoff game. I mean, he missed half of last year with an injury. And he comes in, you know, solidly in the second tier because people think, number one, from a skill set standpoint, he does almost everything you would like a guy to do. And number two, they think Detroit's just a completely screwed up situation year after year forever. So they don't hold it as much against him uh, as they would if Detroit was, you know, a flagship franchise that had just given him a good offensive line and good coaching and surrounded him in the right way uh, over time. So I think those things have to be taken into account. When you look into the years you've covered the NFL, is there a quarterback at the top of that list that stands out to you going, man, that guy would have been great if he were just in this situation, a better situation. Is there a quarterback that comes to your mind? Yeah, well, um, Stafford was one who was compared that way in terms of like if he had been with Andy Reid his whole career, people think that he would have a Super Bowl, you know, and and maybe a Super Bowl victory. So I think he comes to mind. And then, you know, I think it's fair to wonder on somebody like uh, Derek Carr, who people don't love, and they don't think he stands in the pocket tough the way they would want. They don't think he's a great leader, but they think he's talented. And if you maybe had him in the ideal situation his whole career, um, I think he would certainly rate higher than he does here, where it's kind of been you know different coaches and different weaponry and not the best situation. Is this a make-or-break year for both Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield? Um, I think it would maybe have to be really bad to be a break here. You know, I think that uh, when you look at Darnold's situation – well, if if they're bad, I think Gase pays probably, right? I mean, probably. the quarterback may get one more year because people are going to look at that and say, they should look at it and say, every team in the league over the last four seasons has had Pro Bowl players on offense except for the Jets, right? That's mm-hmm. probably an extreme situation. So we could have put him maybe in that uh, category of what's really bad around you. Um, who was your other one? Uh, I mentioned Baker Mayfield with Sam Darnold. Oh, Baker Mayfield, yeah. Baker Mayfield, I think, went from such an extreme uh, to such an extremely bad situation last year that um, I think he would have to really go off the rails in terms of his poise, the things he says, how he handles himself. Um, and, I mean, that could happen. But I think we saw enough in his rookie year that you're hopeful that, hey, with a little bit more structure here, uh you know, from the head coach and the offense that he's going to look better, and I I think he will. Mike Sando joining us, senior NFL writer at The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter, at SandoNFL. You had a quote from one of the executives, says, the most dominant guy in the league, how is he not a one? And that was about Lamar Jackson. How is he tier two? Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's the biggest riser in the survey among anybody. 16 of the 50 people put him in tier one now. The only hang-up is that when he has gotten in those pure path situations and it didn't matter that he was a great runner or they had an amazing run game, 
Um, they've gone 0 and 2 in the playoffs. I think they threw 58 passes last year and scored 12 points. So if he, it's it's really twofold. One, he's had one full year as a starter. So like even a year ago, Mahomes got seven tier two votes just because he'd only done it one year, and, and yet everybody knew he's going to be great. Yeah. Everybody thinks Lamar Jackson's a tier one football player. It's quarterback tiers. So to what extent you think that peer pass component when you strip everything away is important? That's going to determine how much you, how emphatically you put him in the top tier. And I think it's a good debate, but we've seen twice in the playoffs, he couldn't do things that Mahomes or Wilson or in the, you know, Drew Brees or in the, in the past, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have been able to do, which is put it on your arm only and win the game, which you still have to do when you're trailing in the big games. See, this is where when I asked you the question about emotions, I definitely now believe you about the emotions of what the executives were talking about because this is the first time you and I have spoken, Mike. I'm an emotional boy. It's sometimes too emotional. I've been so impressed with Lamar. I was so impressed with what what John Harbaugh did with him and and what that organization did with him that I, I, I just become miffed and I go, well, how is it? And I think, well, how would I defend Lamar Jackson? I would probably run the ball like crazy and try to keep the ball out of his hands and then get a lead and then see if he could beat me passing, you know, kind of like Mike Rabel did in the postseason. So I can certainly understand where they're coming off there. What about Josh Allen? I think he's got to be the most interesting quarterback, one of the interesting, most interesting young quarterbacks out of this lot because I've seen him play. The arm talent is there. I think they take good care of him in Buffalo. But then there's times where I've seen him. I mean, he looks like a drunk driver out there trying to throw the ball every <laughs> oh, now and then. I, I'm sorry. I, oh, hey, I saw yeah. I saw him in person. I saw him in person last year, and I go, "Whoa, Jesus, this is rough over here." But there is yeah. there's something there with this young man. But I think that some some execs think that they're doing a good job of hiding him instead of accentuating the positives sure. that he has. Yeah, no doubt. So I, I think it's like a crash up derby. Remember those old smash up derbies, the cars. You know, he. I used to go to him when I was a kid. I swear to God. Yeah, so like, remember when they played, I think it was New England last year, and he just runs up the middle at a key point of the game and just gets slobber knocked. You know, it's just walks, it's like a, a puncher instead of a boxer. You know what I mean? I think he's a little bit of that. Uh, and so when you're on a team that, uh, you know, has a great defense and you don't score that many points, and, uh, you know, they're not asking you to just be the pure passer, like we kind of talked about with Lamar Jackson you're going to have a harder time getting the respect of everybody to really rise. That being said, I thought people were maybe a little higher on him this year than uh, than the year before. You know, it, the the way it ended with uh, with H- the Houston game hurt him. I mean, I think that's when you you know you're talking about what type of driver he is, and I'm talking about smash up derbies. It was it came off the rails. You know, you you didn't have confidence that he could handle all the situations. But 40 of the 50 voters put him in the third tier, which is legitimate starter. You know, needs more help around him. You don't want to be in just a drop-back passing game. By drop-back passing game, we mean, you know, less of the play action, the bootleg, the things that make it easy on a quarterback, the things that can make Kirk Cousins have the same stats as Aaron Rodgers, right? You don't want to do that with Josh Allen. He's not ready to do it, but I think you can win with him. And they've proven that they can win with him. And so, you know, now you get him Stephon Diggs, and you hope he grows, do the things he does well, and maybe he can inch towards that second tier. Real quick, what was the most surprising one that you saw? Okay, so I did not know what was going to happen sort of between Tier 1 and Tier 2. So what happened was Deshaun Watson moved into the bottom of the top tier. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say that it's an absolute shock, but didn't know it was going to happen. Brady fell out of the top tier. Well, 
six championships, bad weapons last year, wouldn't you think the voters would give him benefit of the doubt? I mean, they knocked him down. So there's really the bottom of the of the top tier is Watson. The top of the second is Brady and then Jackson. I didn't know who, what order they were going to be. You know, would Jackson be in the top tier? Would Watson be in the second tier? That was all a little bit interesting to me. You got to find this read. It's fantastic. I've now looked. You said seven years. I've been looking forward to it every year. It's amazing. We had Phil Steele on earlier. I look forward to that every year. Mike, we have you on, and there's two things I look forward to every year. It's this list and that college football preview. Find this man on Twitter, at Sando NFL. Mike, thank you very much for the time. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You too. The great Mike Sando joining us on the show. 855-2124-CBS. All right. Coming up at 1 o'clock, we will get back to the college football thing. There's a couple of different tentacles to it. The more and more I think about it, I think this has to do more with the list of demands. I think this has to do more with politics than it does. Not, and this isn't about, I don't believe it. No, 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 no. I believe in science. I believe in taking proper precautions. But when I saw that list of demands last week, I thought that things might get nasty. And I think that this is what's coming of uh, with the Big Ten schedule here, or with the Big Ten conversation, with maybe these presidents thinking about canceling college football for the fall. We'll get to that coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. Also, I have my own list, except I named them. The unknowns, but the elite, the franchise, the journeyman, and whether or not your quarterback's in danger of losing his job. That's all coming up. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.